obviously feeling like shit every day is a huge thing mentally to deal with. Like, obviously, you have the physical pain, but then you start to get, like, the mental side of Mm -hmm. it, too. Having everybody around you question you and not believe you, and even doctors not believe you, also is, like, a toll on the mental Mm -hmm. part of it. So I was really depressed. Hey guys, we want to highlight one of our sponsors, Clean Craft. Clean Craft carbonated beverages are created with hemp extract, nootropics, and other real simple ingredients, including filtered water, juice concentrates, pure ginger, and cane sugar. All Clean Craft beverages are non-alcoholic, THC-free, and made with 100% USA hemp, and they're currently offered in lime, ginger, and cola. Yes, you guys, these are my favorite non-alcoholic beverages. They're ready to drink in a can, and I love the mix of the nootropics as well as the hemp extract because it's designed to power your mood like an alcoholic beverage might, but without the side effects of an alcoholic drink so you can party with these still feel like you can fit in have fun you've got something to drink and we've got a special discount for you guys yeah so when you go to their website which is www.cleancraft.com you can punch in our promo code that is soul and that gets you five percent off your orders and free shipping enjoy so I guess I just want to start from the beginning with you and talk to you a little bit about your health journey and your diagnosis and kind of that whole process, which I know is a lot three years ago. Three years ago. So it was end of 2017 is where I will start. Okay. Um, so end of 2017, I was living with my ex-boyfriend. Um, we were We had just gotten a dog together a puppy and a new puppy this isn't coda yeah this is not my dog i have now um this is now the dog he has that we're not together anymore but um yeah so we had just bought a puppy together um i was in the construction job Mm -hmm. so working full-time as a construction manager very stressful job oh yeah um my relationship was already kind of on the rocks too at this point yeah so like I was, you know, in a high stress job, high stress relationship, Yeah, <laughs> going to school. I was going to school still yeah. for my bachelor's degree. So, you know, working and going to school itself is difficult. That's a lot. Yep. Um, trying to raise this new puppy and train it, which it was eating all my underwear. So <laughs> eating surgeries. Like I think we spent um, about 12 grand on surgeries on this puppy. Like from- right away. Yeah, in like a period of three months from it swallowing my underwear. Yeah. Fun stuff. Um, And then I was unknowingly living in toxic mold, which I'll get to as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think what's important to note too is like early 2017, probably even actually late 2016, I realized that I was like easily getting angered about things. Okay. Like my emotions were just like like short-tempered like short-tempered yeah Yeah. really short-tempered like one thing would like piss me off and I would just be pissed off for hours Mm -hmm. and like I couldn't get out of it even if I could tell myself like this isn't a big deal like why are you freaking out yeah but my emotions would just like get up there and Mm -hmm. they would just stay up there okay um so So it's something you were aware of but you didn't really know why yeah and I honestly thought it was just I was obviously in a struggling relationship that we were trying to keep alive so I just mm-hmm. thought it was the stress of that mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah um, combined with the stress of work you and know school. everything yeah and school yeah 
So I was just like, oh, that's just what it is because I'm so high stress all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then, let's see, late 2017, I got the flu uh, really bad. And then that turned into pneumonia. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, I felt like I was sick for like, like a month and a half. Yeah. Um, and then it was from that point forward that I like couldn't really get better. Mm-hmm. I just felt like shit every yeah. day. And I was like, this is really weird. Like maybe this is just taking a really long time to like go away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and then January of 2018, I actually had like a moment where I sat down with my ex-boyfriend and I was like, hey, there is so much stress going on in my life right now mm-hmm. that I think it's going to kill me. Like I literally said that. And he was like, common answer. Oh, you'll be fine. <sighs> literally was his response, yeah. which I know can come from a good place. Don't get me wrong, but it doesn't really give you much to work with when you well, respond to somebody. When you're way. actually struggling and it's, yeah. it's not like, oh, I just need to think everything's going to be fine. It's like, this is a problem in my life and like, I need to figure this out. Yeah. yeah. And you know, he didn't really give me much of like, we'll get you through this together yeah. kind of thing. It was just like, oh, Brush you'll figure it. it out. Like, yeah. So, of course, you know, and I'm still currently in that mindset of like, yeah, maybe I will. Like, mm-hmm. this will just pass. Yeah. You know, <laughs> life's not going to be this shitty forever. Yeah. Um, And then it was end of January of 2018 where I actually went on a bachelorette trip for a friend. Um, And I broke out into like hives multiple times on okay. the trip. And we were drinking beer, which Mm -hmm. technically I'm intolerant to gluten. Mm -hmm. So I was like, yeah, technically I'm not supposed to be drinking this, but I've never had like this severe of reactions. Yeah. Um, And then I like, and so I broke out in hives. I, my chest was hurting like really bad Mm -hmm. and I was wheezing and I had these like red marks all over my chest, my like throat and like my bottom half of my face. Yeah. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like Mm -hmm. I've never had an allergic reaction like this before. Yeah. Um, just took some Benadryl because everybody knows that's what you're supposed to take. Right. Mm -hmm. I could still breathe. Okay. So I wasn't like super worried or anything like to go to the hospital or anything, but took some Benadryl. It died down next day. Same thing happened. Took more Benadryl. It died down. Like I just lived off of Benadryl for like a week straight because it was like a week straight of like everything I did. I reacted to it Mm -hmm. and well, actually it was longer than a week straight. I should say. That's how it started. Yeah. Um, And then it was like from that point forward, everything I like touched, ate, even like smelt um, made me go into some type of an allergic reaction. So Mm -hmm. it would either be the hives. I would either like start wheezing. I even like brushed my teeth and my lips swelled like I'd been punched in the face. Oh, wow. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like I've been using the same toothpaste forever. Like, (laughs) you know, I'm not doing anything different. Um, so it was just basically like this eye opening thing, like, okay, some shit's wrong. Like my body is sending me these signals. It's like some shit's wrong. You need to figure it out. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Um, so I was really freaked out, obviously went to the doctor and got a bunch of allergy testing done. They didn't really know what was wrong with me. Mm -hmm. Made me cut out a bunch of foods, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, I wasn't really eating anything because everything I ate, like either made me like throw up Mm -hmm. or it just like came out of 
my ass like fire. Yeah. Like that sounds <laughs> literally horrible. like before I was even finished eating, it would, I would be yeah. on the toilet just like that quick. Wow. It was insane. Um, so yeah, I went through testing and all of that and, um, let's see what happened after that. I think I got on a diet of plain chicken yes. and white rice. Yes. And I think I was on that for like two or three months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just that's what I ate for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah. Like the, it's, I can't even imagine that now. No. But I that, do remember this. <laughs> yeah. Though. It was yeah. insane. Yeah. And that's the only thing I could eat that wouldn't like upset me, like mm-hmm. upset my system. Um, I do have a question yeah. because... So I just want to go back to like the end of 2017 Mm -hmm. really quick because you mentioned like the flu-like symptoms that you were having. Mm -hmm. And I actually remember you and I being at the gym and we were sitting in the sauna and you had gone to a doctor and you thought that you just had mono. I Was it mono that was like still in your system? Like your doctor? Oh, yeah. Like thought that at the beginning, yeah, um, um, yeah, chronic EBV, also yes. known as mono, yes. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, were you still feeling like those flu-like symptoms, or did you know that this isn't what it was like in the beginning of 2018? Well, so technically, that was a part of it. Okay. Um. So chronic EBV was very much a thing that I was battling, but okay. I did also have the actual like flu. Okay. On top of that. Um, so it's actually more normal than people think a lot of people that deal with health issues actually have reactivated mono in their system yeah okay obviously at the time I didn't know anything about it or what it even was I had had mono once in high school um so I guess you know when you have something it's in your system for life basically and it can get reactivated by certain things that happen in your life Mm -hmm. and so yeah it had gotten reactivated okay they tested me for it and it came back and yeah. So that was part of the issue. Okay. <laughs> just in the beginning though. Yeah. Just, well, I don't know. It might still even be going on to be quite honest. I haven't been retested. Okay. So I don't really know what my levels of that are. I okay. am getting retested soon though. Okay. So we will find out if it's still in my system. We'll have to include that in one of the life updates. Um. Yeah. So, okay. Where was I? So you had kind of cut everything out of your diet. Yeah. So I was eating the chicken and rice diet. Um, I dropped like 30 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, I weighed like almost 150 when this all began. Mm-hmm. And I dropped down to 120. Yeah. And it was just like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Like I haven't been 120 pounds since like high school. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Which is 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I was just like, holy shit. And it was one of those things where like, I wasn't, I wasn't like, I liked that the weight was falling off. I mean, as women, like, you know, yeah. we're like, you lose a couple of pounds. You're like, oh yeah. Like, Everyone's I like, this, like right? you look you know good. What I mean? Yeah. But at the same time, it was like, is this going to stop? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I just dropped 30 pounds in like a month and a half. Like, is this going to keep dropping? Yeah. Like, like what if you got down to like 90 pounds? Exactly. Like something. that's the fear. Yeah. Um, luckily it didn't. Um, I know, do know now that it was majority inflammation that my body was holding because of like all of the things I was eating and doing mm-hmm. that were like causing stress on my system. Yeah. So as soon as I was taking things away, the inflammation was going down yeah. and I was dropping the weight, which was actually inflammation, which is yeah. super interesting to me. Yeah. Because you don't really think of weight as like just inflammation. Well, right? it's wild to think about how long your body held on to that inflammation 
prior to having those negative reactions and yeah. allergic reactions. Yeah. Like it, cause I mean, you obviously weighed that weight for quite a significant amount of yeah. time. Yeah. I would so say it was a like normal years. for you. Yeah. And then all of a sudden your body's like, okay, like we can't be doing this anymore. Yeah. And I'd say like my normal weight is probably like 130, 135, maybe mm-hmm. that's probably my normal weight. So it's like, I wasn't like overweight, mm-hmm. but I was clearly like, I could tell that like, you know, I was working out too at that point. Yep. You knew that like I was working out with yeah. you at the gym and it was like nothing I was doing was like, yeah, getting rid of like the little bit of weight that I was trying to get rid of mm-hmm. until that moment when I yeah. cut out all of the toxic things. Yeah. <laughs> until your body was like, nope, can't have that. Yeah. <laughs> and then I just dropped it all. Yeah. Um, but so that was kind of the first thing for you was those yeah. allergic reactions Yeah, that was the first thing that was like the big eye opening Mm -hmm. situation where I was like, okay, yeah, shit's going wrong here. Um, So obviously I was working with the doctors, cutting out the foods. Still nobody really knew what was wrong with me. So it was this point. So as most people know, if you go to the doctor and they like mention something to you, you're not supposed to Google it. (laughs) You've probably heard that before, right? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I did. I will tell you that. So I had one of my naturopathic doctors at the time. She was like, okay, so I think this might be what's wrong with you, Mm -hmm. but I have no idea how to treat it, Mm -hmm. but I've just heard about it. And so I think it could be what's going on. And so she brought up mast cell activation syndrome. I remember you texting me (laughs) about this and that I know the fear that you had about it because you were like, holy shit, is this going to be my life? Yeah. So I had never heard this term before. Mm -hmm. And obviously I Googled it when I got home because like she didn't know anything really about it either. Yeah. So how was I supposed to figure out about it? Right. For real. Yeah. So I got home. I Googled it. God, don't ever Google things, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely take this advice. (laughs) The first article that I came across was this woman who was severely allergic to her husband. (laughs) Okay, it's not funny. That's actually really sad. It's terrifying. Yeah, Yeah, because it is a real situation, right? It did happen to somebody. But like for that to be the first thing you see, you're like, holy shit. So I started reading this article and like she couldn't eat like he couldn't even touch her without Mm -hmm. her breaking out to an allergic reaction. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I was just like, oh, my God. Like, is this about to be my life? Yeah. Because, you know, nothing pops up about like, oh, it's manageable or, you know, like anything like that. Just horror stories. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I was like terrified. I think I sent that to like a few people and was like, oh, my God. Like, what do I do? Um, Luckily, mine never got that bad. I will say that. Thank God. But yeah, so I at this point was trying to figure out, okay, who knows about mast cell activation Mm -hmm. syndrome? How do I get this figured out? Yep. Um, and that was when I started searching on social media. Okay. So I started just searching the hashtag, the hashtag mast cell activation syndrome yep. or MCAS or MCAS, um, on Instagram and finding all of these other people who were dealing with the same allergic reactions that I was. And I was like, holy shit. This is it. Yeah. And so I just was that annoying person that was direct messaging everybody. Yeah. Like, please tell me more about like what's going on with Mm -hmm. you. Like share your tips. Like how did you, like how are you getting it managed? Blah, blah, blah. Like 
just getting any sort of like hope from anybody because nobody around me had it. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, and you hadn't been tested at this point. No. This is just the one thing your doctor thought. Yeah. This okay. is just my doctor thinking that it's what I have. And it, was it a naturopathic doctor? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So started reaching out to all of those people realizing, yeah, this seems like pretty damn similar mm-hmm. to what they're going through. Um, and then just make sure I get this story straight, to be honest, because this has been three years ago now. But let's see where was next. Um, I so, yeah, then I had to go about trying to get tested mm-hmm. for mast cell activation mm-hmm. syndrome. And my doctor, my naturopathic doctor, rec- recommended me to an allergy doctor at the Everett Clinic here in Everett, Washington. Um, I had been to him actually when I was little. Mm-hmm. Um, for a grass allergy because I have a grass allergy and don't get me wrong I was like I know this guy's nice because I've seen him before yes. but he is a conventional doctor and I already at this point before even going through anything health wise I was already like starting to question conventional medicine yeah <laughs> reason I was seeing a naturopathic doctor mm-hmm. right so she referred me to this guy and she was like go there ask him to get tested and like he can do any other allergy testing on you and stuff. I was like, okay, I do it. Um, so I went to him and in my appointment with him, I was like, yeah, so my naturopathic doctor thinks I have mast cell activation syndrome. Can you test for that? And he laughed at me and he was like, no, you don't have mast cell activation syndrome. We can test for it, but no, you don't have it. And I was like, okay and at this point I'm convinced I do because of all these people on social media that I had come across and I'm like seems pretty fucking spot on had he even asked you about any of your symptoms no because that's literally like I went in there to get tested for that right it makes me so angry (laughs) yeah so he just completely laughs and writes it off and then he starts doing his normal like asking me the questions he wants to ask me right Mm -hmm. so I was diagnosed with IBS in like 2011 Okay. I think I've always had digestive yeah. issues. You know that. Yeah. I remember like, um, oh God, what was that drink? It's not like Pepto-Bismol. Oh yeah. I know what, what you're talking about. Called? It was mentioned in the movie, The Ringer. Like, so I remember it being funny. Never I know what you're talking about, but I forget what it's called. It'll come to me at some point. But I used to live off that mm-hmm. stuff. <laughs> it yeah. actually didn't taste that bad if yeah. I remember. But yeah. So in 2011, I was diagnosed with IBS. Clearly, this wasn't a huge issue for me. Mm -hmm. I had never seeked out IBS treatment or like anything of Mm -hmm. that sort. Like it was just pretty basic digestive issues. Yeah. Um, And he was like, so I think it's just your IBS acting up. And I was like, well, that's weird because I know tons of people with way more severe IBS than I have that have never gotten allergic reactions to everything. Mm hmm. Like, how is this a symptom well, of IBS? Is, how is an allergic reaction a symptom of digestive? Problems? Yeah. Like, I get maybe the eating things and it running straight through me or like yes. making me sick, the yes. stomach part of it. Yeah. But I'm like, that doesn't explain the hives yeah. or the wheezing or, or the like, swelling of my lips. Yeah. I was just like, what the f-? So he yeah. was like, I think you just need to take this prescription for IBS. So annoying. And I was like, first off, motherfucker, like, <laughs> I did not come here to get a prescription I hate prescriptions. I don't I don't want to go on them unless I absolutely have to. Yeah. And test me. Yeah. What I came in here for. And so he wrote out the prescription. He hands it to me. And I was like, I will take this prescription under like one. What's the word I'm looking for? Condition. Under one condition. And he was like, "Okay." And I was like, you test me for mast cell activation syndrome. 
you test me for that, I will take your damn prescription. Yeah. And so he was like, okay, fine. And so he writes me up the testing. I take the prescription. I leave. I go to get my blood drawn Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then go back home, grab the prescription or whatever. I was driving somewhere and I took one of the pills of the prescription immediately almost fell asleep while I was driving like it made me that drowsy and so I literally just like took all the pills and threw them away I was like I don't want to take any of these like nope Mm -hmm. because nowhere on the bottle did it say may make you drowsy Mm -hmm. no one said I couldn't drive while I was on it yeah and I'm supposed to take this like twice a day Mm -hmm. for the rest of my life no thanks yeah (laughs) so immediately I wrote that off I'm still waiting for this blood test result Mm -hmm. blood test result comes back negative and he's like you're fine. You don't have it. And I'm like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I just don't feel right about this. Yeah. Was this the doctor who also, when you asked him to test you for this, went out into the hall? No, and- okay. no, no. This is that. Yeah, okay. we'll get to that. We'll okay. get to that part. <laughs> Fucking doctors. <laughs> I love them if they're good doctors. Yeah. Some doctors are not very trustworthy. Um. So. So I went back to the naturopathy doctor, told her what happened told her the test came back negative and she was like okay interesting um at the same time I found out that a friend of mine's mom was diagnosed with mast cell activation syndrome yes and I was like oh shit Mm -hmm. so I started talking to her was this Brianna's mom it was Brianna's boyfriend's Brett okay mom okay and I was like okay I have somebody I can talk to about this Mm -hmm. so she told me I should go see her doctor okay and it was an allergy doctor Mm mm-hmm so I went and saw this doctor, went in there, and um, she was like, yeah, so everything that you're telling me is like spot on mast cell activation syndrome. Mm-hmm. She was like, I work with a lot of like MCAS patients. And I was like, okay, well, like, do I need to test for it? How do I test for it? And she was like, you can test for it, but it's very rare that people get a positive test result. Mm-hmm. This and was you the beginning had, of those kind of fucking tests yeah. in my life. Because <laughs> you already had a negative one. Like you yeah. said, the blood test the doctor gave you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to be honest, I had taken like multiple urine tests too at this at some point during this. But I honestly don't even remember what point that was. I think it was before I saw the second allergy doctor. Okay. But all of those tests had came back negative too. So didn't show, show me shit. Reliable. Yeah. Um. So she was like, yeah, so I have a medication that works really, really well for people with these allergic reactions. Mm-hmm. And she was like, if you're comfortable taking it, we can start you on it. If everything dies down, then that's my diagnosis for you. Like, we don't need the test result to tell yep. us. And at this point, I was like, okay. Sign me up. Like, sign me up. Yeah. Like, if you're telling me this is going to work, let's fucking try it out. Mm-hmm. So I got on it and a lot of it, most of it did die down. Mm-hmm. At least the severe stuff. Mm-hmm. I still was dealing with like, what people call what people would probably feel like is their normal environmental allergies. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but like the big severe, like covered in hives and all of that did die down once mm-hmm. I went on this prescription. Super, super thankful. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was like the first diagnosis. Was M- mast cell activation syndrome? Yeah. Okay. Mast cell activation syndrome was the first thing I got diagnosed with. Okay. But at the same time as I was searching on social media for people that were dealing with mast cell activation mm-hmm. syndrome, 
I was realizing that a lot of these people also had Lyme disease Mm -hmm. and a lot of these people also had mold toxicity. Mm -hmm. And I was like, huh, very interesting. I knew I lived in an old house. Yep. And I knew it smelled musty like Mm -hmm. an old house. And so I was like, maybe I should like check for mold in my place because most of these people were like, yeah, my mast cell activation syndrome was triggered by mold. Mm Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Down another rabbit hole. <laughs> so anyways, um, and I feel like a big part of my whole journey, too, is like trusting my gut mm-hmm. feeling. So like, yeah, I was learning a lot of like directions for like my health through people on social media and not much so much through doctors Mm -hmm. but it was also like I would read these stories and I would get this like gut feeling Mm -hmm. that I'm like shit like that might be what's wrong with me yeah you know what I mean like I wasn't just believing everything I was seeing Mm -hmm. like I was getting gut feelings that I needed to look further into things Mm -hmm. so I just think that's important to say because I don't want people to just like go out there and you know, try and diagnose themselves with everything. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that you should diagnose yourself in the way that I did. I would hope that you would have a doctor that would give you a proper diagnosis, mm-hmm. but it just doesn't always work like that. Um, so yeah, um, I was like, okay, maybe I should test the place I'm living mm-hmm. for mold. Um, maybe I should get myself tested for mold. I asked my naturopathic doctor to test me for mold and she was like, I have no idea how to do that. Yeah. What? <laughs> how like, do you do that? Huh. Okay. Well, that's not very helpful. And I had yeah. heard of people who had gotten tested. Okay. So I was like, I know it's possible, but just nobody I was working yeah. with knew how to do it. Um, and obviously at the time I was dealing with like even, okay, at this time I was dealing with even more symptoms than just the allergic reactions yep. too. Okay. So like so, what else? I was dealing with a lot of short-term memory loss. Yep. Um, I was dealing with a lot of like super bad, like almost like narcolepsy. Yeah. Like you mentioned while you were driving, feeling drowsy. Yeah. And so like even without being on any prescriptions, mm-hmm. I would like be in the car with my ex and he'd be talking to me and I would fall asleep. Like, and then I would like wake up and then he'd be like, uh, are you going to like answer me? And I'd be like, what? Whoa. Like I had just like completely fallen asleep for like a yeah. couple seconds and then like woke him back up. Um, in the short term, memory loss was weird. So I was still working in the construction job yeah. at this time. There was one moment and this sticks out to me so well where I went to this like gathering that one of my clients hosted at her like new building that we did for mm-hmm. her. And... <laughs> I was already dealing with the allergic reactions. I went there. She had wine there and she was like, have a glass of wine, have a glass of wine. And I was like, I didn't really want to, but mm-hmm. you know, the social thing. Yep. And I was totally like get it. one of two women that were at the entire freaking gathering. So I was like all social, like yeah. super nervous and stuff. So I was like, okay, I'll have a glass of wine, even though this could potentially send me into an allergic yeah. reaction. Just pop some Benadryl. <laughs> right. <laughs> So I had a glass of wine and I was like trying to like mingle and like talk to people. And this one guy, I was talking to this one guy, don't even remember who it was to be quite honest, but he was asking me like how I got started with like the company and Mm -hmm. how long I'd been with them, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, yeah, your boss is amazing. Um, Him and his wife, I've known them for quite a while now. And he was like, what's his wife's name again? And he was like waiting for me to like give him the name. And I completely blanked. 
and I've known like my boss and his wife since I was little mm-hmm. and I just stood there and I just looked at him like shit <laughs> and I was just like I don't know whoa I can't remember whoa like I was like mind blown yeah but I could not remember his wife's name and it was just not coming to me and I yeah. felt like such an idiot mm-hmm. like here I am working for this guy yeah. and I can't even remember his wife's name yeah luckily this guy didn't know I have known them for so long but like it was just absolutely terrible did you feel like like in that moment what were you thinking in that moment I was like something's wrong with my brain okay that's what I thought okay and I was like I don't know what but like something's wrong with my yeah. brain <laughs> um and then there was multiple like other times while I was working um where like I would schedule a meeting mm-hmm. and I would totally forget about it and I wouldn't show up and they would call me and be like are you on your way and oh, I would shit. be like oh fuck like yeah. totally forgot and I've never been like this no like never have had these issues in my life yeah so it was very apparent that I'm like this isn't normal yeah. for me um and then I would be sitting at my desk and I would fall asleep at my desk and my phone would ring and it would scare the shit out of me mm-hmm. and I'd be like oh oh my god and then I would answer the phone, talk to somebody, hang up the phone, and have no recollection of the conversation I just had with that person on the phone. Oh so, like, clearly shit was going on that was making my job impossible. It's wild <laughs> because I feel like, like, just from some of the things you're explaining, I'm like, somebody probably thought you were, like, drunk or high. Yeah. Honestly, that's what I felt like. Yeah. Except I wasn't getting to indulge on those yeah. things at all. <laughs> that's wild yeah it was almost like I was like on drugs for Mm -hmm. sure maybe not alcohol because I wasn't having the fun that I've had on alcohol (laughs) and maybe not weed because I wasn't laughing like I do when I was more like like heroin yeah like a hard drug I've never done that but (laughs) like I was on a I seemed like I was on some hard drugs probably um yeah so there was like obviously things that were like becoming making my work impossible you know and it was mm-hmm. getting really fucking scary. Yeah. Because like never in my life have I gone downhill so fast. Now, were you, because I don't remember you telling me about like falling asleep at your desk. Mm-hmm. I do remember you mentioning like while you were driving, forgetting where you were going or like oh, almost yeah. being really drowsy. Um, But how did you feel about those things? Like, were you telling people or were you kind of like keeping those to yourself? I was definitely keeping them to myself. Yeah. Because I was kind of just hoping that they would stop, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And you speaking of me not knowing where where I was going when driving. Yeah. um, You know, like my parents, I grew up in the same house. We were in the same house my entire life. Um, And Silver Lake, which is next to where Mm -hmm. I live, there's these back roads around Mm -hmm. Silver Lake. I've taken them a million times yep. in my lifetime. And I remember it was nighttime and I was driving through the back roads and I got lost. And I had never gotten lost driving through there. Oh my gosh. And I wouldn't pull up my GPS because I was like, I don't need it. I've been yeah. through here so many fucking times. Why yeah. am I getting lost? Could not get myself out of these back roads. Like oh I was gosh. just going probably in circles. I don't even know. <sighs> I finally pulled over and just started crying because I was so frustrated. Mm -hmm. I'm like, how did I get lost in here? Like I was, and at this point I'm like, why is my brain not fucking working? Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
and I was just like so distraught and scary yeah it was really scary obviously I did pull up my GPS and finally got out but it's wild (laughs) but yeah it was just like so fucking weird yeah yeah but okay let's see what came after that um well so so did you get tested for mold toxicity yeah so okay so I found out that Lyme doctors Mm -hmm. test for mold okay um and so I was like there's a chance that I have mold there's a chance I could also have Lyme because these Mm -hmm. seem to be really connected so I was like I'm just gonna go to a Lyme doctor Mm -hmm. none of these other doctors are figuring it out fast Mm -hmm. enough and I'm tired of feeling like shit did you know at this point that there was mold in your apartment how did you figure that out so I didn't know for sure okay Um, but you I assumed there was but yeah I hadn't gotten the house tested either yet went to this Lyme doctor um my first appointment with her was like three hours long which was like amazing Mm -hmm. because conventional doctors give you a half hour tops most of the time Mm -hmm. so (laughs) three hours and all I did was just sit there and like just tell her everything that had happened in Mm -hmm. the last year like it was like a goddamn therapy session it was so good yeah and she listened (laughs) and she and she listened and the best part was she validated everything so like I was like I feel like shit and she was like yeah like I completely understand why you feel like shit because you most likely have all of this going on and if you do you would feel like shit Mm -hmm. and I was just like wow (laughs) no doctor's ever spoken to me that way (laughs) yeah you're like thanks for hearing me and not just giving me a prescription yeah so it's pretty cool but um so, yeah, I obviously told her I might be living in mold. Maybe we should test for mold. And mm-hmm. she was like, yes, like mold is a huge issue, um, especially if you happen to also have Lyme. Like mold can be a huge roadblock in healing Lyme. So we'll definitely get you tested for mold. And she was like, you should get the house tested, too. Um, so I asked my landlord to test the house that I was living mm-hmm. in for mold. She got the house tested. Um, actually, when she got it tested... Um, I moved back in with my parents because okay. I was like, I'm convinced that after this appointment with, with the Lyme doctor, I was like, I'm convinced there's mold. I'm mm-hmm. convinced it's an issue. I'm getting the fuck out of this house mm-hmm. before like the test results even came back. I was like that gut feeling again. Yeah. I was like, I'm getting out of here. Moved back in with my parents. My ex was now by himself in the duplex and they got it tested for mold. It came back positive for mold, but in a standard living range of mold it's like fucked up i didn't know there was a standard living range that you're allowed to live in yeah of mold yeah i was so my landlord was like oh yeah so there is mold but it's not enough to require professional cleaning so you can just clean it yourself (gasps) that's literally what she told us and i my lyme doctor at the time that i had just seen told me if there is mold in there do not touch it like do not even get close to it because that'll just like get the spores to like get into yeah. the air and then get back into your system more yeah. than it probably this already obviously is. isn't good for you so i was like bitch no i'm not I, fucking cleaning it well and like, you're not a professional what the frick like what are you supposed to do with it how are you supposed to find it like how do you know it's gone exactly um so my ex who was living in there he was not sick. Yeah. Um, 
which also made it hard for people to believe me it that the sense. mold was a thing because yes. I was getting affected. But why wasn't he getting mm-hmm. affected? Because he was living there too. Which we know why now. Which we know yeah. why now. But at the time I was like, okay, yeah, like it was making me second guess everything, right? So he was living there and he was like, okay, well, I'll clean it. And I was like, okay, cool. He never fucking cleaned it first off. <laughs> like that guy had a million plans in the world and never made anything actually happen. <laughs> so that never got done. Well, um, it just kind of sucks <laughs> that you couldn't be like a united front to the landlord and be like, no, we're not cleaning this. We rent from you. You're paying for this shit to get cleaned. Thank you. Because yeah. I did also have that conversation with my ex and I was like, she should clean it. It's her house. We're renting it. If there's an issue with it, she should clean it. We shouldn't be the ones risking our health to clean it. Mm -hmm. And he was like, no, but like she just told us to clean it ourselves. It's fine. Like he was always like, yeah, never wanting to like his balls were not very big. (laughs) Let's just say that (laughs) he couldn't stand up for like anybody. Um, So, yeah, he yeah was like i'll just clean it but he didn't even fucking clean it either so anyways i stayed at my parents house because i'm like i don't give a fuck i don't even want to live there anymore after this Mm -hmm. like i'm not going back which caused another argument in our relationship obviously and that was already on the rocks um at this point had you gotten rid of all of your clothes and stuff that had been in the apartment so i had left most of everything there when i moved in with my parents um but obviously when i decided i wasn't going back I had to go like salvage what I could Mm -hmm. because I needed clothes. Mm -hmm. Um, My doctor told me to throw every single piece of clothing away. I remember. Okay. Which don't get me wrong. I wanted to. I love a clean slate. Like a clean slate is nice. I want some, I want a new wardrobe. Who doesn't want a new wardrobe? It's expensive. But I was spending all my fucking money just to see this new doctor. Mm -hmm. Like I don't have money to buy myself all new clothes. No. I'm still working. Mm-hmm. I can't just like throw all my work clothes away. Mm-hmm. What am I going to wear to work? What am I just going to show up naked? Like, <laughs> what do you expect me to do? Like, you, sorry. <laughs> like, I, you know, you can only do so much. Uh, so my mom and I packed all my clothes and we like, they say that like sunshine, like sunlight mm-hmm. can kill mold. And it was during the summer when this happened. So it was super hot out. Thank God. We took all my clothes and we spread them outside in the sun, mm-hmm. every single piece of clothing, and let them sit in the direct sunlight for like five hours. Mm-hmm. And then we washed them all in a tub outside with like vinegar. Okay. Because like they say distilled vinegar can kill mold too. Mm-hmm. So let them soak in the vinegar for like another two hours, then scrubbed them and then threw them into the washing machine with detergent and more vinegar. And like just did yeah. that for all my clothes. It took forever. Oh, I bet. Forever. Um, I still don't think they're a hundred percent safe, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't clean any of like my shoes or mm-hmm. anything like that. Like, how the fuck do you clean yeah, shoes? Yeah, or like purses. Purses. Or, like, yeah. So yeah, I still know like I could have done a lot better, but I just didn't have the money to yeah. like do anything about it. It's a lot. Yeah. And so that was <laughs> that was a shit storm. Yeah. So you moved out, so you figured out like Okay. I think I have mold toxicity as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got the house testing back. All that happened. And then I got my personal testing back from the Lyme doctor. Mm -hmm. And she was like, yeah, you're toxic with mold. And I was like, fuck. Yep. (laughs) It's like, okay, well, now everybody that like 
was questioning me can go fuck themselves. <laughs> like, first off, <laughs> so it was yeah. like my instant thought every mm-hmm. time I got validated. And I'm like, huh, that person can go fuck themselves. <laughs> well, it's just like, it's frustrating that it's like you're fighting so hard to make other people believe you yeah. when you say like, hey, I don't feel good. I don't feel right. Something's wrong, like with my body, my brain, everything. Mm-hmm. And people are like, oh, you'll be fine. Yeah. Oh, like you're not sick. And it's like, no, something, my body is like screaming at me. I'm paying attention. Like, don't pretend this isn't a thing. Like, yeah, it's, it's extremely just, frustrating and it's sad. Mm-hmm. And because a lot of people that like deal with stuff like this get misdiagnosed with like mental illness and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And that's really sad to me. Yeah. Because it's like, they just don't get the help that they need to ever get better. So the weird thing was to, um, obviously when all of this was going on, like, Obviously, feeling like shit every day is a huge thing mentally to deal with. Like, obviously, you have the physical pain, but then you start to get, like, the mental side of Mm -hmm. it, too. Having everybody around you question you and not believe you, and even doctors not believe you, also is, like, a toll on the mental Mm -hmm. part of it. So I was really depressed, but I wouldn't tell any doctors that Mm -hmm. because I didn't want to go down the mental illness Mm -hmm. road. And I know that as soon as a doctor asks you, are you feeling depressed? And you say yes, they're like, oh, shit, like depression medication. Mm -hmm. That's all you need to do. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't fucking want to be on depression medication. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be on anxiety medication. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. But um, yeah, I was super depressed and I strictly remember. This is like so hard to talk about. And it's weird because of I've heard it so many times mm-hmm. from so many people now that I've experienced the same thing. Mm-hmm. But I would drive to work in the morning and I would just think like it would just be easier if I just like drove off this bridge. Mm-hmm. Like it'd be easier if I just wasn't here yeah. anymore. And like that was terrifying. Yeah. Um. Obviously, like I never attempted anything, mm-hmm. but the fact that I was having these thoughts, I had never had those thoughts yeah. before. It just shows like how mentally exhausted. Yeah. And like how unsupported and like alone you probably felt. And like every car that drove past me, I like hoped that they would run into me full speed and just like take me out. Mm -hmm. I just hoped that something would take me out so that I didn't have to do it. Yeah. And you didn't tell anybody that. No, I don't think I told anybody that. How long do you feel like that was like a thing for you? Um... I'd say probably like a good six months. Yeah. Where I was like every day driving to work thinking this in the yeah. morning. When did it stop? Um, It stopped, I want to say, probably, I, I mean, I don't remember exactly when it stopped, to yeah. be honest. I think it just started to like die down like as I was getting more and more answers mm-hmm. as to like what was going on you because f- I was starting to like get more hope. Yeah. You know? Didn't feel as hopeless. Yeah, I wasn't as scared. Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, it makes me want to cry just like thinking about it. But I mean, I, yeah. I think a lot of people need to like hear that and know mm-hmm. that that's just a part of the process for sure. I hear it from so many mm-hmm. like people with Lyme disease. It's sad. Now? Well, I feel like you've, you've kind of gone through phases like of feeling really hopeless in a lot of moments and I still have low moments like this is frustrating this isn't what I wanted to deal with Mm -hmm. the rest of my life I didn't ask for this like 
I have periods of time where I'm like, fuck this. Like, yeah, I don't want to do I don't want to think about this at all today. Yeah. I don't want to even deal with this. Like, I do have periods of time where I'm like, maybe it would be just easier if I wasn't living. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, it's a lot better now. It's yeah. few and far between. Yeah. When those moments happen. But yeah, it's, it's just like similar. your life now, like everything you do, yeah. you have to think about it. Even like the food you consume or like I know you're wearing like the like that necklace that you're wearing right now is the it? AMF yeah like things necklace, like yeah. that you just I don't know it's like your whole life has been turned upside down because yeah. of it there's a lot to it yeah um but I also think about all like of the blessings that it's brought oh for into your sure life too which not to like invalidate everything you've gone through but I know that now you can kind of look at some of those things and and feel okay about it I mean yeah mm-hmm. and it's kind of amazing because I would say two years ago if you would have told me this is going to be a blessing, I probably would have punched you in the you face. Probably would have. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, don't worry. Like, good things will come out of this. I would have been no. like, I fucking hate you. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like, we shouldn't say those things to people when they're struggling. Yeah. It's really just about listening to what people are experiencing. Exactly. Exactly. Um. So yeah, obviously, I got the mold testing back. Um. At the same time as me getting tested for mold. My doctor also did test me for Lyme disease mm-hmm. because she was like, I think it could be going on. My first testing I got back for Lyme from for Lyme disease um, was through DNA Connections was the test name because I know people will ask. Um, <laughs> I got that testing back. It all showed up negative. And okay. I was like weird. And I was mm-hmm. like, OK, well, maybe it's just mold. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the only thing that's going on I was like that's kind of insane that mold can do that much but hey whatever I don't know you know Mm -hmm. I'm new to this well and you also had the mast cell activations yeah yeah so I was just like okay well I guess I don't have that but still have other issues um the Lyme doctor was like this is extremely common for people that have mold toxicity for their Lyme testing to come back negative um and I was like okay (laughs) I remember being like this chick's batshit crazy like why are all of these people telling me that to not believe testing, Mm -hmm. you know, like Mm -hmm. it's like the same thing with the mast cell activation testing. She's like, oh yeah, that testing always shows up negative. Mm -hmm. Now this doctor's like, oh yeah, testing always will show up negative. Mm -hmm. Like it's like, well, we need some new fucking testing then guys. (laughs) Like what is going on here? (laughs) Why am I even taking these fucking tests? Like bullshit. It's just so weird. Um, But yeah, so she kind of explained it as like um, mold toxicity is like the shell of a coconut around like Lyme disease. So like if you have both going on in your body, the mold just covers up the Lyme disease and you have to like break through the mold for the Lyme to get exposed. So I was like, okay, whatever. Yeah, Yeah. sure. And so she was like, let's tackle the mold. um, See if we can get that under control. And then we will test again mm-hmm. down the road. So I was like, okay, yeah, whatever you think's best. <laughs> um, so obviously we attacked the mold in my body, um, took multiple different things for that, like a lot of binders. Um, so like charcoal supplements. I okay. was living in the infrared sauna. Yeah. Um, this was before you had one in the garage, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I was going, I was paying 50 bucks uh, for a session mm-hmm. going to a place that had an infrared sauna so infrared saunas obviously help you sweat 
um in it like if you sweat you're sweating out toxins so you Mm -hmm. can actually like sweat out mold out of your body if you're sweating a lot and infrared saunas are amazing because I love being hot Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I was like I dig this treatment yeah so I was paying $50 a session and my doctor was having me go four times a week 200 bucks a week 200 bucks a week on like one part of Mm -hmm. my treatment you know what I mean like it's not a new car (laughs) it's not cheap um and so then I was I had like this nasal spray that she had me on that had like silver in it and some other thing that I don't remember the name of so I was doing this nasal spray every day um I was taking this prescription called well call which is like a super super strong binder Mm -hmm. that you take you take it and it just like pulls everything possible okay out of your body um yeah and all these of course like so many herbal supplements that I don't even remember what they were doing yeah that was the start of the herbal supplements yeah (laughs) um so yeah I was tackling all that for like a good I don't know maybe three or four months okay maybe three months, three or four months. I don't really know for sure. Um, and then we tested again for Lyme disease. Okay. And what she did was, which I didn't know at the time, all I'd ever heard was Lyme disease. Yep. Um, I now know that like Lyme disease is a strain of tick-borne illness. Mm-hmm. And there's like, I don't know, like 30 plus probably strains. Oh, wow. Of different tick-borne illnesses that you can actually get. Stupid fucking ticks. Yeah. (laughs) And it's not even ticks either. It's like not even just ticks. Okay. Like you can actually get them from fleas and spiders and mosquitoes. Oh my god! I think it's fleas, spiders, mosquitoes, and ticks that have all tested positive for like different strains of tick-borne illness. So it's really just a bug bite. Mm -hmm. I don't really like saying like tick-borne illness. I like, you know, yeah. like people are like, oh, you get it from a tick bite. Well, and I'm that's, like, yeah, but you can also get it from like other bites too. Yeah. No, I didn't realize that. Either. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of scary. Yeah. Um, but so she tested me for Lyme disease, which is the Borrelia strain mm-hmm. of tick-borne illness. But she also tested me for a bunch of other strains mm-hmm. of tick-borne illness. Then she was like, all of these other strains can cause just as much issues as the Borrelia strain. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh shit, like I didn't know that. And then she's also the one that told me, you only ever hear about Lyme disease. Mm-hmm. That's because Lyme disease has the catchy name. Yep. So everybody like caught on to that strain and it like sounded the easiest to say because these ones don't have like easy names. Yeah, you like know? Babi- Babesia. Yeah, like Babesiosis is the whole name. Oh, wow. And like Bartonella and then Ehrlichia. Like you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, so Lyme disease, clearly you're going to remember that one and say mm-hmm. that one more. And so she was like, Lyme disease has actually became like an umbrella term. <laughs> for all of the strains yep. of tick-borne illness basically because they are all very similar yep. they all have different symptoms but a lot of the same symptoms yeah. at the same time so yeah it's kind of just a fact there for anybody who needs to know it yeah um so yeah she tested me through dna connections again okay the same test as the first time yeah and then she also had me take the igenics test which is like I think one of the top tests you can take. Okay. It was not cheap. Cost me like two grand out of pocket just for that one hygienics test. So crazy. (laughs) Bullshit. And then we know from this point you can't really test or trust the testing. Yeah, right. You're like, cool, I'm going to pay two grand for this. Yeah. And the DNA connections test I think was like 500 out of pocket. So it was just like, oh, they 
Jesus. Um, so I got all that testing done the second time. And I remember I was sitting at work waiting, you know, to like hear back or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I had like a, I think it was like a Friday and my appointment was like the next Wednesday with her because mm-hmm. I was supposed to have like my testing back by that day. She called me that Friday. The doctor did. And she was like, I need you to come in on Monday. And I was like, back. Oh, shit. Like, that's not a good sign. And so she was like, can you come in on Monday? And I'm like, yeah, like I can come in on Monday. It's like, like, what is so like urgent that you can't wait two days? Yeah. Like, that's not that far. It's not yeah. like I was scheduled months out or weeks yeah. out, you know, like that's not good. And so I was freaking the fuck out. And they don't tell you stuff over the phone. No, they won't tell you anything over the phone. So I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. So all weekend, I'm just like, fuck. Like, I probably tested positive for everything. Like, I'm dying. Like, I don't fucking know. Um, So I get into my appointment on that Monday. And um, she sits me down. And she pulls out all the testing I just Mm -hmm. did. And she's like, well, I have, like, I guess one kind of good news and I was like, okay. And she was like, you didn't test positive for the Borrelia strain, the Lyme disease specific mm-hmm. strain. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, that's good. And she was like, but I'm pretty sure you still have it. And I was like, okay. Now I just I have, hate like, hearing this. <laughs> I have like mixed feelings now. <laughs> like, so is this good news or? Yeah. Anyways, so. Then she was like, but you tested positive for Babesia, Bartonella, and Ehrlichia, like three other strains. I always forget that third one. Because <laughs> it's like... I literally wrote them down here and I just wrote Babesia and Bartonella. <laughs> yeah. Like I literally forget the other one. Um, and it, so I'm like, okay. So you have three tick-borne so illnesses, three, not just one. Yeah. Three tick-borne illnesses. And she was like, but, you know... I'm sure the Borrelia one's there too. That one usually is even harder to get it to show up on mm-hmm. testing. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, this testing thing, like so weird. If it's going to be like so expensive, like let's make it right. <laughs> well, that's the other frustrating part to it is like um, when you're treating for this stuff, like obviously you want to get retested every now and then, but you don't want to have to pay that much out of pocket. Yeah. So like you don't even really know the state of like, where you're at Mm -hmm. because you don't want to waste the money on the testing that's not even accurate it kind of makes sense that it would feel so hopeless too yeah but a lot of people end up fighting these these illnesses for like a really long time too so it's like when would you even get retested yeah and that's the thing too is what she told me was um she was like okay well we had already talked about it in the first appointment but she was like you don't like ever remember getting bit by anything and I was like no I don't have a, I mean, I've been bit by many bugs, Yeah, but I don't remember any like specific moment where I got bit and then felt shitty afterwards, Mm -hmm. like they say can happen. Um, And so obviously I had been having my symptoms for longer than six months. And if you're having symptoms for longer than six months, then they classify it chronic. Mm -hmm. So she was like, you have chronic multiple tick-borne illnesses and a lot of people don't believe that this can even be a chronic condition yeah yeah which I don't even understand their arguments to be quite honest well it's just people who don't get it yeah because like so the gist of it is if you get bit by a bug 
um, and you get flu-like symptoms Mm -hmm. about a week after the bite, or you get like the red ring Mm -hmm. that they've talked about, the the bullseye bullseye rash around the bug bite, then that's a sign that like it may have transmitted some sort of tick-borne or some sort of infection to Mm -hmm. you. And you can go to your doctor and say, hey, I just got bit by a bug. I'm having these symptoms. And they will put you on like a couple weeks worth of doxycycline, Mm -hmm. which is a prescription antibiotic. And that will like hopefully kill everything. Mm -hmm. So if you do that quick enough, yeah, you can have good results and then you won't have to deal with anything. Mm -hmm. But the weird thing is, is like, I still know people that did that that still deal with chronic symptoms. No way. Yeah. So like they did that and then they were like, okay, I'm good. And then a couple years later, all of a sudden they got sick again. Mm-hmm. Mostly, but is it because a lot of them were exposed to mold? So it's usually some sort of like triggered event mm-hmm. is what it is. So if I think about my own journey, um, I like I told you earlier, And I was like, all of this stress is going to kill me. I was in like the most stress I'd ever been in my Mm -hmm. entire fucking life at that time. Mm -hmm. And obviously my immune system was down because I just had the flu and pneumonia. And like it was just like this like perfect storm. Yes. Right. That triggered it to like come out. So I don't Mm -hmm. know how long these have been like sitting dormant in my body Mm -hmm. because I don't remember ever being bit. You know, Mm -hmm. like I don't know when it was. What's wild though is like. All of us, literally every single person could be exposed to this. Yeah. But a lot of people aren't educated on what to look for. Like I wouldn't think if I get flu-like symptoms after a bug bite that it was because of the bug bite transmitting a disease. Exactly. You just think you were getting a, like sick. Yeah. You just, well, it kind of, yeah. you would think that there would be more education. It just kind of drives me nuts. Yeah. Um, it, another thing too which is kind of random but I'll bring it up since I'm thinking of it um, a lot of people are actually debating right now if the people who are getting coronavirus if it's triggering like tick-borne infections in their body because they're all having like chronic long-term symptoms yeah. after it like battling it it could be a total separate chronic thing of coronavirus mm-hmm. I don't know but like what's wild though too is like I think about all the precautions we're taking right now for coronavirus. And then I think about the lack of education in other Bug things. bites? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like something that could be so life-changing. It's just interesting. Yeah, absolutely insane. Um, so yeah, obviously those tests came back positive for those strains. Mm-hmm. Um, she basically gave me like the clinical diagnosis of Lyme disease. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously she started me on treatment. And treatment is not fucking cheap. Mm -mm. She so what I did first um, and there's a lot of back and forth about like Lyme treatments. Nobody knows the right way to go. There's no proven treatment for Lyme disease. So it's like no nobody knows what the fuck they're doing. Let alone to cure it. And then then you're just over here trying to manage your symptoms. Yeah. I think that's also important is like there's no cure. Yeah. Like it's once it's chronic like you're going to have it your whole life. You can go into remission, but it's like, um, but you're basically, you just have to learn how to manage it. Mm -hmm. So like, obviously that's a huge punch in the gut when you're at a doctor and they're like, you're, this is your new future. Yep. Like this is welcome to the Lyme life. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's just like, fuck. 
Like, yeah. All right. I guess I just got to learn to do this. And obviously that makes you depressed too, realizing that this mm-hmm. is your new future and the new shit that you have to deal with every day. Well, and also like the financial burden of something mm-hmm. like that. Like you're even paying for all these bills within like a one year period. Like, and and then you're like, wait, I'm going to have to do this for the rest of my life. Yeah. So when I started seeing the Lyme doctor, everything from that point forward was out of pocket mm-hmm. because insurance doesn't work with Lyme doctors. It makes me, that pisses me off. Yeah. Like it just, it feels so unfair. Extremely fucking unfair. And I, it's probably because a lot of the treatments are unconventional. Yeah. They're all considered like experimental mm-hmm. because there is no known cure. Mm-hmm. So they don't want to cover treatments that like are just experimental that they can't really like back. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, But I also heard that the reason there's also like the side of it where the Lyme doctor doesn't even want to work with insurance because if they were hooked up with insurance and with the CDC in the way that like they should be to be covered then the CDC would have a say on how they treat patients. Mm -hmm. So the CDC could say we think this is the best treatment. This is the only way you're allowed to treat your Mm -hmm. Lyme patients. But it's like, there's no known cure. So if they did that, we'd all be fucked too. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, they might cover it, but most likely that's not going to be the thing that pulls you out of this Mm -hmm. dark place. So it's like the Lyme doctors are like, no, like we don't even want to deal with your insurance because we don't want them to know what we're doing. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) that's also why they like, which is also probably scary and really hard to explain to a lot of people. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) so I have a friend, (laughs) I have a friend who said something really funny one time that's always stuck with me. So I remember like when I was like really, really sick, I was almost at the point where I was like, I don't give a fuck what you tell me to do. I'm going to try it. Like, Mm -hmm. I will try the craziest fucking things if you're telling me it's going to, like, do something, right? And I was on a Generation Lime Zoom call. And my friend Jesse, who was hosting the call, (laughs) somebody was talking about treatments and, like, how to get better. And he was like, he was like, yeah, you know, I remember when I was at, like, my darkest phase of this. He was like, I went into my doctor's office and I was like, if you told me lighting me on fire was going to fix me, I would fucking let you. Yeah. He's like, light me on fire. <laughs> I was like, Whoa. yes. I was like, that's so fucking true. Well, it's you kind know? of like like that bee venom therapy, which yeah. is a treatment that a lot of people do and people might know about because of the show on Netflix called Unwell. Um, but like even that, that's like extreme, like literally stinging yourself with bee venom in hopes of curing your your Lyme disease and think about it like you could die yeah you can die from it but people are still willing to do they're it willing to do it they don't want to fucking be this sick yes they're tired of it yes they, they're like I could do this and it could get me better I could do this or it could kill me either way I'm gonna be fucking better yeah <laughs> like one way I won't have to deal with this shit anymore the and second then, way hopefully I'll get my life back mm-hmm. you know it sucks there are people out there that are like you're faking <sighs> Yeah. Okay. To those people, Lyme patients get that a lot. People are like, you're faking your illness. And the number one thing we love to say back to that is like, why would I like choose something you don't believe Mm -hmm. to fake? Like if I was faking it, I would choose something that you would be like, you know, you would believe and you would give me sympathy for. Why would we ever put ourselves through this if we were fucking Mm -hmm. faking it? It's just so fucking stupid. Yeah. 
Um, so you get diagnosed with your chronic Lyme disease and just kind of like move forward with treatment. Yeah. So she started me on oral antibiotics for the first like attempt at treatment mm-hmm. um, and a shit ton of herbal supplements. I, was, I remember this. <laughs> yeah, I was seeing her um, once a month for check-ins, getting my blood drawn once a month too because I had to, she had to like monitor all of the normal like blood stuff you know mm-hmm. just to make sure what she was doing for treatment it wasn't like failing my kidneys or mm-hmm. like my liver or anything like that which that's really nice that she yeah. like I don't feel like normal doctors like do that when they put you on medication a lot of people I don't know honestly yeah I don't I d- know yeah I don't really know but um so that yeah obviously that made me feel safer because she mm-hmm. was monitoring that stuff because you don't really know what it's doing to your mm-hmm. body right um I was on I did oral antibiotics for a year mm-hmm. um along with the herbal supplements so i when i when i said i was seeing her once a month once a month i would go see her and then i would refill all my herbal supplements mm-hmm. my insurance covered my antibiotics it was the only thing they covered thank god they were at least doing something mm-hmm. right but um i once a month would pay i would say like two thousand bucks once a month mm-hmm. to her because it was like three fifty for the visit oh and about fifteen hundred dollars worth of supplements it's every like month. More than a mortgage payment. Yeah. And so it's like at the time I was still working at the construction job somehow. <laughs> but probably not even making enough to cover all of all it. All of my money was going towards treatment. Mm-hmm. And I was I mean like I had a good paying job at the construction job. Mm-hmm. So like I was able to maintain it. You know, I was able to still maintain my other payments yeah. along with my treatment because I had a good paying job. Um, so it was about um, six months after I started treatment that I finally left the construction job. Mm-hmm. I just decided it was like too much. I wanted to focus on my healing. Um, well, my you- heart wasn't in it anymore yeah. because of like the fucking huge life change I just had. You had <laughs> asked them to like bring you to part-time and they weren't willing to do that yeah I asked if they would give me one day off a week so that I could do like all of my doctor's visits and stuff like Mm -hmm. because I was still doing like so many different visits you know um I wanted one day a week to like do all of my treatment stuff Mm -hmm. and my doctor visits and yeah obviously with the job I had it was hard to give me that I don't blame them for it but it did suck for sure um so then they gave me like a month sabbatical. Oh, yeah. Okay. A month paid sabbatical to figure things out. <laughs> Bless their hearts. <laughs> like one month she can cure this. Don't worry, guys. One month she'll be better. She'll figure it all out, even though she's been figuring it out for six months. Almost a year at yeah. that point. Oh, wow. Yeah. So. I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to say no. I'd be fucking stupid to say mm-hmm. no to this. Like, yes, please give me a month off page. Please pay me. <laughs> like, fuck yeah. Um, and like, I was a part of me that like felt bad because I knew not much was going to change in a month because mm-hmm. I'd already been doing this for so many yeah. months. But at the same time, there was a part of me that was hopeful. Right. Mm-hmm. And there was a huge part of me that still wanted my job. Mm-hmm. And like I had went to college for it. I had worked my ass. It was my dream job that I wanted. I didn't want to walk away from it Mm -hmm. unless I had to. 
Um, so I took that month and I was like, okay, I'm just going to be really fucking strict about my treatment, do everything spot on. Mm -hmm. Hopefully I can turn this around. And at the end of the month, not much had shifted. And so I just had to call them and be like, okay, um, yeah, I can't come back. And so sorry, like, but I just have to, my health is my number one priority. If I don't have my health, I don't have anything. Um, so that was a really, really fucking tough moment. They were, you know, nice about it. Obviously they didn't know anybody else that had been in that health situation either with Lyme disease. So, you know, they didn't really know how to go about it, Mm -hmm. but just kind of like wish you the best. Yeah. They wished me the best. They were like, you know, if you ever do want to come back, just let us know and Mm -hmm. we can try to figure something out. But I don't think I'm ever going to go back, to be quite honest. Like, yeah. And that is so wild for me to say because I wanted that job so fucking mm-hmm. bad. And now it's just like in my past. Yeah. But at the same time is like, because I really like beat myself up, beat myself up over it. Yeah. Right? I'm like, I'm just walking away from this job that I tried so hard to get mm-hmm. and that I like earned and like all this shit. And walking away from it makes me feel kind of like a failure, Mm -hmm. you know, but then I have to tell myself, like, technically I succeeded in what I wanted to succeed in. Like I told myself I was going to go to college to get this job Mm -hmm. with this company specifically. And I did that. And I was there for three years. Yeah. Like, I'm like, you know, you did it. I did it. Check it it off the list. I ticked that box. And why why do I feel like shit about it you know what I mean you said ticked that box (laughs) yeah is that weird well no just because you have a tick-borne illness I'm just thinking about that you want to know the real reason I said it though yeah because I watched too much Love Island the UK version and they always say tick that box or like she ticks my boxes Dustin and I just started like season five of that just like randomly of UK one yeah oh I was looking for the one with Ariel as the host. Yeah, they don't have the U.S. one on there. That's stupid. Hulu doesn't have it. <laughs> they have U.K. and they have Australia. Ugh. I've watched the majority of them, so if you need a good season recommendation, okay, I got you. Okay. <laughs> I'm watching season four of the U.K. one right okay. now. I've already watched five and six. Okay. <laughs> we'll have to watch four. I've already watched two of the Australia ones. Funny. Anyways, I'm obsessed. <laughs> But yeah, okay, so where are we? <laughs> um, well, no, so like you had just decided to like leave the job and yeah, and you were okay with it. Like you felt guilty, but you felt okay because you accomplished what it is that you set out to. Yeah, um, that was what I was trying to tell myself to get myself to feel okay with yeah. it. Um, I was still living with my parents at this time. And I mean, I definitely felt like a fucking failure. Mm-hmm. You know, like I was 27 years old. And living with my parents again, mm-hmm. not being able to maintain a job. Mm-hmm. My relationship had just crumbled and gone up in flames. Yeah. I was like, fuck. Like, and it was almost like everything I had like worked for was just like gone. It's like exploding. Like, yeah. And not even like it just left. It exploded. <laughs> <laughs> like fucking yeah. exploded. In the worst yeah, ways possible. Yeah, it's like possible. your whole entire life, actually. Yeah. It's it, wild. Yeah, it's just so fucking weird. It's still weird to think about mm-hmm. to this day. Um, so how long has it been since you left? Since I job? left the job? Mm-hmm. Um, has it been two a years? A year. Okay. I left last summer. Okay. 
So I left middle of 2019. Okay. Right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because the end of 2018 was when I got diagnosed. Mm Mm-hmm. Middle of 2019 is when I left. Okay. July of 2019. Um, but yeah, so I did oral antibiotics for a year. Started those in November of 2018. Mm-hmm. Stopped them in November of 2019 because I was no longer no longer had a job, no longer had money to pay for treatment. Mm-hmm. My parents and I had to sit down, and they basically told me like because they were helping me pay mm-hmm. for things at this point because I didn't have fucking money. Mm-hmm. And you know, we they basically had the conversation where they were like, "We can't." keep paying this much money mm-hmm. for this um and my dad basically told me to get used to my new normal which hurt like hell mm-hmm. to hear um you know you never want your family member to tell you you just have to deal with an mm-hmm. illness and as much as it hurt I'm like yeah I don't want to put them into debt yeah like I was already in debt myself yeah. my credit card's maxed out it's still almost maxed out even though I've been paying it off for a fucking year mm-hmm. <laughs> like so stupid i hate how much more money i've probably paid than what's actually on my credit card because of interest because of interest Mm -hmm. is so fucking stupid but yeah so i don't know it's been stressful yeah (laughs) yeah so what are you doing because you did just recently start treating again yes um so i took what did i say november of 2019 was when i stopped right did i just say that stopped the antibiotics yeah um so I actually I think it was October of 2019 I don't remember something around that um I so I stopped treatment entirely I had obviously lots of herbal supplements still so I continued taking those Mm -hmm. you know um stopped seeing the doctor because I couldn't pay 350 a visit anymore um was basically just learning to manage it and deal with it Mm -hmm. the best I could Um, I knew I had to start working again. So I started working part time Mm -hmm. at a health clinic because I was like, this is where my heart is now. Mm -hmm. I want to get into the medical industry, try to see if I can make some what of a difference, um, for people and patients. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I started working part time with a clinic. That's been great. Obviously part time doesn't bring in much money, but, um, it's something, at least it was something, um, in enough to like. I don't know that I could put towards like a bottle of some supplement if I needed yeah. some. And I get discounts on supplements now mm-hmm. at the clinic. So like that's been a huge help. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't until this month. What month is it? Because I don't even know. It's oh, now September. Okay, so August. <laughs> it wasn't until August of 2020 that I finally started doing a okay. treatment again. And... The only reason I'm doing that treatment is because I had a really, really weak moment and finally just put up a like GoFundMe for the specific treatment mm-hmm. and was like, I need help because like I obviously with man- trying to manage it my best for a year or so, um, I've been backsliding, mm-hmm. you know, like I can, s- it's obvious when symptoms start popping up again. Um, my symptoms have always come in like waves, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But like the neurological stuff is it's really obvious when it happens. And like I've noticed I've been having like short term memory loss Mm -hmm. again recently. Um, And I've been having a lot of like nerve pain in my legs, which is another thing I've dealt with. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I haven't had this pain in like a year. Mm -hmm. Now I'm having it again. That scares me. So I 
obviously I'm like, I need to do fucking something Mm -hmm. to, you know, try to get on top of this again. And my doctor that I'm seeing, who's also my coworker at my clinic, he's great. And he mentioned NAD IV treatment. Um, he's a big IV therapy guy. Mm-hmm. It's like his thing. He's all about it. And what does NAD IV stand for? So NAD stands for a really long word that I can't pronounce. Okay. But it's an amino acid. Okay. Um, and it targets the mitochondria within your body and basically rebuilds them. Okay. So it rebuilds the cells within your body, which obviously if you have new cells, you have a better working system mm-hmm. to try to fight things off. Mm-hmm. And like, clearly my cells are shit. So (laughs) this is great. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, I put up a GoFundMe for NAD IV treatment, said I, you know, I need help. If anybody's willing to, can you give this amazing woman just literally donated a huge amount to me. Wasn't it like a thousand dollars? Yeah. Yeah. And I couldn't even believe it. I stared at my phone for like a good like 20 minutes. Just like, did this really freaking happen? Like just some more hope. Yeah. And it was almost like, it was like a sign, right? I'm Mm -hmm. like, it's like, maybe I am meant to do this treatment. If somebody just random just happened to donate to this, like, Um, And I ended up reaching out to the lady because I couldn't not reach out to her when Mm -hmm. she made such a generous donation. I'm like, nobody's ever given me a thousand dollars in my life. Like, Jesus Christ. You know, Um, I reached out to her through Instagram and she actually told me that her daughter battles Lyme disease. Um, So she's been dealing with that for years. Mm -hmm. And so she just really wanted to give back to somebody else who was in the same position that needed the help. Yeah. And I was just like, holy Ugh. shit. Bless her soul. Bless amazing. her. Like, I was so thankful. I'm still thankful. And like, mm-hmm. every time I see her pop up on like my Instagram, I just like want to cry. And you're like, I love you. Yeah, I love you so much. It was really cool to see how many people had donated to that. Like yeah. a lot of like $50 donations. Like, and I like you've had this GoFundMe like for a while mm-hmm. and you never had really like successfully had people much, yeah. yeah contribute so it's cool that when you were like I'm raising money for this treatment and people were like yes let's like help her pay for this treatment yeah and I think that's maybe what made it easier for people to like want to help is because yeah. they had like a specific goal yeah because like you know before it was only like pay like help for doctor visits and like supplements you know like I didn't really, we didn't like explain Mm -hmm. really detail on it before. Mm -hmm. And so like, obviously people don't really like want to give money to like when they don't really know where it's going kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's why like people were more willing is because they were like, oh, she has like a set treatment goal. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know. I was blown away. It's amazing. But I'm extremely thankful because Mm -hmm. I need it. And now I'm getting to like actually do something and like stay on top of this fucking brutal disease again Mm -hmm. so yeah extremely thankful that's awesome how have you been feeling lately i know Um, it's a loaded question (laughs) right okay so as of right now i've done two nad iv treatments i'm doing them every other week right now um the first one i'll be specific because i know people always want specifics about treatments the first time i did 100 milligrams of NAD, which is like the standard dose that you get 
um, at any like IV therapy place. Okay. That's just the basic, the baseline dose. Okay. Um, 100 milligrams and didn't really feel like anything during it. Okay. You except know, you fainted in the well, beginning. Okay. Except I fainted at the beginning. She was sitting <laughs> down. But... So that was like a vasovagal, I think is what they call it. Vasovagal response. Yeah. Um, that I guess a lot of people deal with. It's just like your body gets triggered and just like passes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't even really explain it. It was terrifying. But, um, but like during the IV itself, after the fainting episode, I didn't feel really anything from the IV while I was getting it. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, I felt like I kind of had a little bit of better energy mm-hmm. the next two, three days afterwards, but okay. nothing like major. Yeah. You know, not like a B12 shot energy. Exactly. Um, And then. Then I got the second one, just um, second one a Yesterday. week and a half. Yeah. Week and a half later. And we did 250 milligrams and that was fucking painful. Yeah. <laughs> like you were with me. Mm-hmm. You saw how uncomfortable I was. So I, the one thing he, the doctor told me, he was like, yeah, you might feel like you're having like pan- like little mini panic attacks every now and then mm-hmm. because it um, like targets the mitochondria in like a lot of your mitochondria around your heart in your chest cavity. So when it's like targeting those, like you can feel feel the flutters, right? And when you feel flutters in your chest, that feels like a panic attack. So you'll think you're like having like panics, like anxiety type feeling. And I was like, oh, that sucks. Nobody likes that feeling. That's a terrible fucking Mm -hmm. feeling. I mean, I've dealt with a lot of anxiety over the last few years. It's one of my like least favorite things to Mm -hmm. feel. So I was nervous, but like he he did not tell me about the other fucking pain that I was going to experience. And I don't even know if he knows that it can cause that, to be yeah. quite honest. Well, it's kind of interesting because I knew that you had experienced that during your IV. But then when you mentioned that it it kind of regenerates and recreates cells to it, attack the whatever it's called, mitochondrial or whatever, um, it kind of makes sense that your body would be in pain. Like yeah. if that's what it was doing while it was entering your system, like I could kind of imagine why your body would hurt. Yeah. Which is weird. But I didn't expect it because the yeah. first one didn't bother me, right? Yeah, but this was literally like two and a half times the dose. Yeah. But what's weird is, okay, so if anybody knows, I am also obsessed with this TV show called The Real World Challenge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's this guy named Wes on that show. I've always loved him, always mm-hmm. been a fan. He lives in, um, I want to say Kentucky, but I'm not sure if that's right. Anyways, I follow him on on Instagram. Mm -hmm. He goes to this clinic in his area where he's always getting these experimental treatments. He obviously has tons of money, so he can try these things whenever he wants, right? Well, part of the show is that, like, you need to be, like, super, like, physically active and, like, compete in these competitions. Mm -hmm. So he's doing all these experiments to try to, like, make his body stronger, Mm -hmm. right? Well, he posted um, before I started these treatments, he posted about NAD IVs and okay. that he was doing them. And he was like, yeah, it's supposed to give you more energy, it's supposed to make you like, like be able to work out longer, like things like this. Um, and I was like, oh, that's super interesting because that's what I'm going to start doing. I was like, that's good to know. Yeah. But in his caption, he also wrote it was or he wrote it's really painful getting the IV. So somebody who's not even sick 
Yeah. So I was like, oh shit. So when I started the NAD, I asked my doctor, I was like, is it painful? Yeah. Because I had seen that. Yeah. And he was like, no, like you might get like the fluttery anxiety feeling, but like that's it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. And then you felt the pain the second And then time. the second treatment, I was like, I don't even know how to explain that feeling. So yeah. right when he hooked me up, um, I got the really like heavy feeling mm-hmm. throughout my body. Like it instantly was like, I don't know if you've ever had like a weighted blanket. Have you ever felt what a weighted blanket feels like? No. I'm trying to think of like something else as a reference, but I can't think of anything. I could, I feel like I could imagine what it would feel like. Yeah. So it kind of felt like somebody took like a really, like a 50 pound. Yeah. Like my weighted blanket on my bed's only 15 pounds. Yeah. So like somebody took a 50 pound weighted blanket and just like threw it onto my body as I was like laying there. Like that's what it felt like. Like Mm -hmm. I could like felt like every movement I needed to make was just like, (sighs) so hard to move right and I was like this is so weird but I have also experienced that when I've passed out so I was like maybe it's just because like I'm woozy again Mm -hmm. but it wouldn't leave and so we're sitting there we're like 15 minutes in and I'm still my body's super heavy and then all of a sudden it was like every bone and muscle in my body started aching Um, for people who like have like restless leg syndrome Mm -hmm. or, um, another similar thing to that is like what they call growing pains when you're little, which I don't even really know what growing pains are to this day, to be quite honest. I really want to research that. Um, it kind of felt like that, just this uncomfortable ache. Um, and it was like my whole body it was like so super overwhelming yeah and then all of a sudden it like strictly went to like my lower back in my abdomen I don't know if you noticed while I was sitting there but I was like going like this yeah the whole time on like my abdomen yeah because like the putting pressure on it was like the only thing that would relieve it so weird but what's so funny is um obviously I posted about the treatment like on Instagram afterwards Okay, so I find this weird. I posted about this treatment a few weeks before I even started it and mm-hmm. was like, has anybody tried it? Like, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Ghost town. Okay. Like, I had a few people that were like, yeah, I've done it. Like, like didn't really give me much, right? Okay. I'm like, oh, maybe just not many people have tried it. I posted it about the painful fucking experience of it yesterday and all of a sudden all these people were like, oh my God, I was in so much pain when I tried that too. And I'm just like, why didn't anybody tell me this? Like, I wonder if they just didn't want to like worry you. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Nobody even mentioned yeah. this. One girl commented on it and she was like, she was like, I've heard that it can feel exactly like severe um, period pain. And That's I was what like, I thought about when you were talking about the abdomen and yeah. back. And then I afterwards, I was like, that's exactly what it fucking felt like because I've had the severe pain painful Mm -hmm. periods lately too which is weird that that's then what hurt during the IV it's very weird just because I know that you've had the really painful periods I wonder if it was like targeting stuff down there that's like I mean we could only hope we can hope (laughs) we can hope wild yeah I don't know but the next the third one will be even more of a dosage and and how many of these are you doing terrified right now i'm doing four okay but the plan is to do eight okay but to be quite honest i am not looking forward to the next one at all now after that 
Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what I'm going to do. How many milligrams is it going to be? I don't know. Okay. I just know it's going to be more than the last one. So we'll see. Yeah. But hopefully it'll be good. Yeah. That's the current thing. Just doing yeah. NAD IV treatments to try to rebuild the cells in my body. Mm-hmm. And obviously I have some go-to supplements that like I still take mm-hmm. to this day. Like I take a detox supplement. Um, every day I take a B12 supplement every day. Mm-hmm. I take magnesium glycinate every day. I take curcumin, which is like turmeric okay. every day because turmeric um, is really good for like inflammation Anti- yep. and pain. Um, so when I get headaches or when I get like the leg aching feeling, I take mm-hmm. the curcumin supplement and that's been pretty helpful. Um, I swear by activated charcoal supplements so if I like eat something that I'm technically not supposed to eat I will take two charcoal supplements afterwards to detox to like help my body like detox it out which seems to like help so cool I mean you're not like popping Benadryl like you once were exactly I'm not living off Benadryl Mm -hmm. um still doing infrared sauna obviously not during the summer because that's not very nice but yeah I live in that thing during the winter to try to manage things. So, mm-hmm. yeah, now you can just sit outside. No, I love the sunshine. It's so nice. I love it. Well, that's wild. Just the whole story kind of yeah, like coming I together. We, I hope I covered everything. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that we did. Okay, good. Just based on what I know of your experience. Yeah, and I hope that if anybody listens to this, that gives them a little bit more information on to exactly my journey because I know people ask quite often, you know, mm-hmm. what I went through, how it all started. So hopefully this gives those answers. Yeah. Is there anything else that you want to share about? Um, No, I think my only thing is if you are someone that's battling chronic tick-borne illness, feel free to reach out to me directly on mm-hmm. Instagram. You can find me at healing Jess with an underscore at the end. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm always open to try to talk to people that are struggling or trying mm-hmm. to figure out their things. Um, another thing I will plug is Generation Lime. Yep. Because I am part of Generation Lime Whoop. and they're a organization that was built to provide community to people, um, that are battling Lyme disease. One of the things I found super helpful was, um, just connecting with other people that mm-hmm. were going through the same shit. And being able to vent to them and get Mm -hmm. advice. And Generation Lime does weekly Zoom meetups for anybody that's struggling to pop on and just kind of talk to other people that are going through it. Mm -hmm. So um, you can follow their Instagram page as well. And obviously I can get you those links as well, too, if you just ask me. But Mm -hmm. that's probably like my biggest thing to say that people should do is join Generation Mm Live. Well, especially because a lot of people around like they may not have the support around them and the people who understand what they're going through or even believe what they're going through. Mm -hmm. So I do think that that would be huge. Like you discovered this really late in your journey, but I feel like for people in the beginning of their journeys, it's going to be game changing. Yeah. And I often tell people right away that I start talking to that are getting like newly diagnosed or maybe not even diagnosed yet still mm-hmm. trying to just figure out what the hell's going on yeah I'm like join a support group yeah to like start you're doing it right by messaging me yep. like talking to people that are dealing with it too mm-hmm. and like know what you're going through because yeah like I waited a while until I really like forced myself to actually be part of a community mm-hmm. like that you know yeah um and it, it was so fucking helpful mm-hmm. it's so helpful because then you find yourself like relying less on your 
family and friends mm-hmm. that don't understand. Yep. Like you start to reduce your um like what's the word I'm looking for? But like, you don't get as much pushback probably about it. Yeah, because like when you talk to your family and friends, bless their hearts, but they don't understand what's going on. So then you almost like start to resent them mm-hmm. in what the things that they're saying like back to you. Mm-hmm. And you won't have as much of that resentment if you do have like your strong community to lean on mm-hmm. in those times that you actually need. Yeah. And you need the strength to get yeah. through something like this. Yeah. So for sure. I think that's cool. all I really have to say. Okay. Well, that'll do it for today's episode. We will catch you guys next time. Yeah, thank you guys. Bye. Bye.